Put the fucking mic on. How we doing, folks? It's your boy, DP Barstool Sports Starting Nine, and you are listening to the End of the Bench. Scoot your ass down. Welcome to episode 73 of End of the Bench. On this episode, we will discuss the NFL playoff schedule. Week 17 in the regular season is done. Schedule is set. We're going to dissect each and every game and who we think is going to win. Also, we're going to talk about Black Monday. Everyone knows black money in the NFL is guys getting fired. That's right. Don't want to be in that situation. But we're happy to talk about it because our guy over the Giants is booted and canned gone. So we're going to talk about it in detail. Also, Carl Anthony Towns is unhappy in Minnesota. There's teams that are trying to go grab him from Minnesota. Is this a possibility? Liam will dissect that towards the end of the show. And, of course, it's Bench Player of the Week. We have a bunch of candidates. We'll decide who we will talk about, and who will get the award at the second half of our show. But first, it's time for me to, <laughs> and you as well, Liam, but I'm going to go first. I'm going to relieve my pain in the for the last 48 hours. All right. 72 Let's hours. So on Saturday, if you didn't watch it, you missed a, a historic football game. LSU Tigers versus the Oklahoma Sooners in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. With the Peach Bowl, very famous. Very famous. This was deciding who would go into the play in the national championship game. Who was playing the college football playoff championship? Well, you know what? As a Oklahoma fan, I had to realize, and I did realize three or four days prior, that Oklahoma really wasn't going to win this game. They were... LSU was a 14-point favorite. It was it was moving from 12.5 to 14. It was going up and down. I was hearing it could bump up to 18, but I think Ooh. I figured it, it stopped around like the 14 to 12 mark. Okay. So I saw that two touchdowns is a lot. And LSU has been the last couple weeks, I would say the last four weeks. No, actually, not even that. Since, since they played, I think it was Ole Miss, if you want to just double-check me on that. When they they oh, no um, LSU, when LSU played Ole Miss, I'm almost positive they they played them in like week. Um, yes, they did. One fifty eight thirty seven. From that game on, was which they then beat Arkansas, Texas A M, and then Georgia. The defense looked like it finally really, really clicked. Now, there was some games they left 28 and 6 and 38, 14, 38, whatever. But it seemed like that game in in particular, they left 37, but you saw some things from the defense that kind of everyone was working together. Definitely. And that game basically solidified that this team is complete. You're seeing Joe Burrow at that time. He's racking up the points, racking up touchdowns. He's turning into a Heisman candidate. Wins the Heisman. So now you're looking at this as an OU fan like I am. I'm saying, look, this defense is basically number one team, number one defense in the country. Yep. D- you know, debatable with Clemson, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the country. One of the best Heisman winners we've seen in the last decade. Oh, definitely. Easily. With leading the SEC in touchdowns with 48. Best uh, completion percentage, and he has the best completion percentage against top 25 teams 
in the country, which is unbelievable. And they, he beat Bama. He's done all his part. This was the big one. And damn right did he show. Big time. He showed up big time. I'm talking seven touchdown passes in the first half. You want to hear the records this man broke by himself in this game? Every, every, literally everyone, I feel so, like. Joe Burrows, touchdowns altogether. He had eight altogether. Seven in the first half passing, and then he had a rushing touchdown in the second half with eight total. Yep. Seven touchdown passes, which is a record for the college football record. Passing yards in a half, 403. Passing yards in a game, 493. Total yards, 515. And that is just Joe Burrow stats. That's ridiculous. You had guys. Team you, stats right there. You had a receiver named Justin Jefferson. If you don't know who this guy is, shame on you. He's an absolute savage. He had a day. He had a day. Four touchdowns, 227 yards receiving, which are both college football playoff records. They also did points and a half, 49 points and a half. Total 63. <laughs> Overhit by a ton. Oh, yeah. The over-under was, I was seeing 75 or 76. I, one guy at work said he had 79, and it hit <laughs> the half, That's dude. Crazy. At the half. Easy. <laughs> it was That's a ton of points. And then total yards for the game, LSU had 692. They were all over the field. At first, I, I was working this night at the fan, and I couldn't watch the first half because I was on the train in the subway. couldn't get anything on my phone, but I was listening to the game on Sirius. I really wanted to have a meltdown. Oh, but I, I had imagine. to I had to act like a human being, you know, <laughs> grow up. We know this is a really awful situation that Oklahoma's in. But you have to just kind of grow up and kind of face the music. You knew this was going to happen. But you didn't know it was going to be this bad. A 63-28 loss. Now, as Lincoln Raleigh has been the head coach, he's gotten to this point in time in the college football playoff and never went past it. He keeps losing in the semis. It's tough. You're versing some great teams the last three years. This team is by far the best one you faced. It's hard to have Jalen Hurts go 15 for 31, 217 in, a, in an interception. And by look, he had two rushing touchdowns for 43 yards, but the passing game was the thing. The LSU's main goal in this game was to take the running game out of Hurts and make him throw. They know his running game is a lot more important, and his best game is his running game. They limit it just to 43 yards on the two touchdowns. Longest was 12 yard run. They're very they were short in the red zone. Yep, in, in you know goal line stand kind of plays. They limit the passing, and that's how they won this game. It, the, the thing that Jalen Hurts was a Heisman candidate and he had this kind of game blows my mind. I mean, after just seeing his whole career, everything, obviously, they didn't get off to a hot start. That didn't help. But Laying up 21 points in the first quarter. You need more from him than 217 Honestly, in a pick. You know, like I said before, for the hundredth time I've said it, I knew in this game... Before this game was going to be tough for Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. The very first play, he got sacked. I immediately had my heart drop. I'm like, is this really going to happen right now? <laughs> first, very first play gets destroyed for, I think, eight yards. And it was a quick three and out, and then they scored. Their first, I think it was eight possessions. Yep. Seven touchdowns and a pick. I'm sorry, and a punt, excuse me. 
you know, Jalen Hurts' career has been uh, this is best one by far. He's won national championships. He's won SEC titles. He won a Big Twelve title. I mean, where does he rank amongst the best quarterbacks to play in a four-year career as a college as a college quarterback? I mean, instantly when I hear you know four-year quarterback, I think I think classic Alabama quarterbacks, AJ McCarron, guys like that. Talent-wise, worlds above that. Because when you think most four-year quarterbacks in the college, you're a game manager. If you were that skilled mm-hmm. in most cases you'd leave and go to the NFL but in his case obviously you know losing losing a starting job grad transferring 2018 was to, rough he, 2018 was rough no 100% obviously losing that uh, what do you call it in the 2018 championship right Tua comes in half times takes starting job and then Hurts ends up you know not getting the starting job and then he transfers but I think if you're looking at quarterbacks that stayed their whole career, obviously in like the more modern era, he has to be up there with the best of them, right? I think so. It's and and it was a a real bummer for guys like Ceedee Lamb, who I think everyone knew this would be his last game. I mean, this would be the, the these next two games, win or loss, if they advanced or not. This was it for him. Once once they went in a half, I. Like I, I, w- I was expecting him to dog it. He like played, why? I mean, he played great. He did play great. I, but once I was expecting the dog it because you know you're going to be a top ten pick, top fifteen pick, whatever, first round pick. Why, when you're down forty, would you like go risk it? But still, like props think, to him. Th- he went out there and still balled out. I think it was the pride of the game for for CD Lamb. And that, that'll help his draft stock because guys, teams will see, all right, this guy's down 30, 40 points. He's not giving up. He's still going to go out there and play his hardest and try to do anything in his you know means to get a touchdown and get a win. Four receptions for, for 119. That's just about it. That was the highlight of the team. Unbelievable receiver. He just declared for the draft a couple days ago. I'm pretty sad. I'm going to be sad for a long time. And I, and I texted you. I said, look, this is I'm a fan of three teams basically like diehard fans of the Yankees, yep. Oklahoma Sooners, and the New York Giants, right? Correct. Personally, as a sports fan, this is the most embarrassing loss as a sports fan in my entire life. Ooh, really? Yes. Look, as as a Giant fan, I've seen two championships. Great. As a Yankee fan. Look, I know I've been alive since 95, but people will say, oh, but do you remember the, the the 90s run when they won 96, 98, 99, 2000? What are you in two? I was, I was alive, but do I remember those games? No. I remember 2001. I remember 2001, <laughs> That's though. the last game. I, that's, the, like, that's the furthest back I can remember right. in well, sports. You know, I mean, the devastating losses for, like, for the, as a Yankee fan was definitely against the Astros. Yep. You know? The Florida Marlins in 2003, not winning that, losing at home against Josh Beck. It was a tough loss. 0-1, D-backs, Louis Gonzalez, Wolf. Yeah. And also, you know, there's against the Angels over the years. But this is, this one hurts a lot. And I text my dad. Is my dad? I text my dad. My dad's, you guys, you guys know, I've said many times, he's from Oklahoma. He was raised a Sooner fan. He raised me as a Sooner fan. My dad just turned 60. He said to me, this is the worst loss I've ever seen from this team in my entire life. The man's 60 years old. That says a lot. They did have three guys suspended. Yeah, but they weren't Not super like Im- significant. Impact players, you got a backup yeah, yeah. running back, you know, and it, it, 
but you also had a corner, I think it was, that tore his Achilles. Yeah. I mean, they're also, they're secondary. Their whole defense wasn't that great. But, you know, the guy who's given, who's given so much credit all year is Alex Karenz, the, the young D coordinator for this OU team. Yep. Basically taking the defense and flipping it upside down and back around. Completely different defense. They were last in the country in passing yards allowed. They live a billion yards a game. This year, they're a top twenty. They're a top thirty or top twenty-five defense overall, and they let up sixty-three points though to Joe Burrow and LSU Tigers. So, am I upset about it? Absolutely. Am I disappointed? Yeah. Am I embarrassed? Yeah. But I saw it coming. I just didn't think it would be a sixty-three point massacre. Yeah. I think I'm done. <laughs> All right, and you know, I'm actually surprised. I'm not screaming. This is therapy, right here. I'm not screaming. I'm not angry. I'm very angry, but I'm not. You seem, tone of voice is low. You seem very uh, chill. Yeah, I guess so. I'm. I've, I don't know. I've lost where I was looking for, but you know, you've uh, you've accepted it. I'm not wearing any more red. <laughs> You're wearing I'm, red right now. You're wearing, wearing Oklahoma red, right, right now, I'm wearing, Taylor. I'm wearing an Oklahoma shirt right now. I just noticed this. That's embarrassing. Oh my god. Now it's. I think now it's your oh, turn to go off. Now. Yeah. All right. So, um, obviously, this the is therapy session. This dude. is therapy this is, session. All right. This is, you guys the first listen? twenty minutes of this pod, I meet therapy. Yeah, this session. is all therapy. If anyone else wants to vent, <laughs> you guys don't tweet us too. This is a venting session now. Uh, so, as the world knows now, uh, Clemson Tigers beat Ohio State twenty nine twenty three. I was uh, I was in Mohegan Sun for the weekend for my girlfriend's birthday. So, you know, popping around. We were walking around. We went to a comedy show, went out to dinner. So I was basically, whenever and wherever I could watch the game, I was trying to watch it. I was giving you updates. You yeah, Taylor me. was texting me updates. I had, I had like probably like three or four people texting me updates because I said, I need everyone to text me. Let me know what's happening in this game. Um, I mean... Right away, they kick a field goal. I wasn't happy with because it was they were got down. I think it was like a twenty-two yard field goal. So like, I, I want points. I want the, obviously I want the points, but if you, I don't think I believe they kicked the twenty-two and a twenty-three yard field goal in the first quarter. One of those has to be a touchdown. But anyway, they kick the first field goal. J.K. Dobbins takes off for a sixty-yard touchdown run. Yes, I was sixty-eight. I was walking past like a bar in Mohegan Sun and just stopped and watched. I would just put my hands up and just. Screamed yes, and like everyone turned their head and looked at me like, "What are you doing, kid?" Take but I was hyped. Uh, it was sixteen nothing. Went to the comedy show, and then from there, it just went downhill. Taylor Clemson, real quick. Travis Etienne got a touchdown, and then Trevor Lawrence started the Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I mean. They, you know, once they uh, Ohio State scored that their their last touchdown to make it twenty three twenty one, I was feeling more confident. I was like, all right, defense just has to stop them. I think there was three minutes left when Clemson, uh, four, maybe like no four or five minutes left when Clemson had their last possession. Um, Ohio State got the ball back with probably two minutes left. I figured, all right. They have two timeouts. They should be able to walk down the field, get the ball to J.K. Justin Fields makes some, you know, accurate, good throws. And honestly, that's what they did all the way up until about the 10-yard line. And then my heart broke. I was just getting off the train, the subway. I'm in Penn Station, and you know the Rose's Pizza in there? Yep. Oh, I, yeah. I walked right in. Everyone knows if you from 
New York in the city in Penn Station. Go there. Tons of televisions. Oh, yeah. I parked my butt on a seat, and I watched the end of the game. I legit was sitting down for 45 seconds. <laughs> no way. Saw the touchdown, and I left. And you know how I feel about Clemson. That I said the last couple of weeks that, you know, Dabble thinks it's us against the world. No one believes in us. Cinderella story, this and that. You just be the number two team in the country. You shocked a lot of people. I mean, like it, people, people were given it was like a fifty-fifty almost. Definitely. I mean, uh, Ohio State was an underdog. Clemson was given three. I had Ohio State winning this game. I thought so I thought I. the offense was. I thought Dobbins and Fields together would have been an absolute dynamic duo. Which which Dobbins did his job. Honestly, I feel like everyone did their job. It's just. Chris Olave, he ran one wrong route, and if he ran it correctly, I think it would be a different story. I, I would be huge. celebrating right now, yeah. Because just, I'm going to overanalyze the hell out of this play for uh, probably the the next five years. But as he's running, he's coming across, he's running basically a slant across the middle for whatever reason. He's running, he's running a slant right across the middle. For whatever reason, he turns his back shoulder and starts to go into the back end zone. I don't know if he thought Fields was going to start scrambling and he needed help. I don't know if that's the way the route was, if him and Fields just had miscommunication. But and Fields threw it right to where he would have been if he kept crossing over the middle. And then LSU's defender, I mean, Clemson's defender was right there. What does this mean for next year for Ohio State? You have Dobbins just declared as of like four hours ago. That he is, I mean, it was more than that. It was today, said that he is going to the draft. That's another great running back gone sophomore. This is the perfect time for him to go. It's one thousand percent the perfect. He's time. projected. To, I can't believe he's him. projected to be the second running back off the the draft board. Yep. Uh, Swift is in front of him from Georgia, and then J- J- uh, Jonathan Taylor right behind him. Exactly. So. Yeah. And this is another year for for Fields, which I think it could be his last year. Um, I mean, I in all honesty, I'm hoping f- I'm hoping this heartbreak keeps Fields because he's been waiting to he's been waiting two three years to get, get a starting spot and compete for a national title, and this is the first year he had it. So I'm hoping, you know, in his mindset is kind of all right. Let me give this one more year. He, right now in the draft boards, he's not anywhere cons- where it's like, all right, you got to go into the draft now, or else your, your stock's going to drop. Quarterbacks right now going into the draft, so it's definitely be really dumb if you left. So next year will be him and and Lawrence be the one two punch. Definitely, I mean, and that's what I'm hoping for. If you obviously you have J.K. Dobbins leaving, Chase Young, cornerback Jeff Okuda, who's probably going to go top ten, and then a bunch of other guys. But I think if Fields doesn't leave, it's it's very very salvageable. Like their whole roster going into next year, where they can kind of hopefully show what they did this year. Now the Sooners are losing Ceedee Lamb and their starting quarterback Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts done with football. Four years, he's done. He'll be going to the draft. Hasn't declared it, you know, officially, but he'll be going to the draft. The backup that played last, that played on Saturday night when Hurts got taken out towards the end of the game. I think it was, I don't know. Might have been three minutes left of the game. Yeah, it was late. Spencer Rattle. If you don't know him, young, six foot, one ninety seven from Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Kid's got some. Kid got some talent. Some serious talent. This is looking like he'll be the backup. When I remember when he got recruited and he came in, 
He was getting recruited. Austin Kendall was the backup last year to Kyler Murray. Yep. He saw Murray left, and then Austin Kendall was like, I'm going to be the quarterback here. Yeah. And then Jalen Hurts comes in. He's like, all right, Kendall, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> I think he went to West Virginia. Oh, really? And I don't know how he I'm actually curious how he did. Um, and then this kid Spencer Rattler is the guy that's going to be the, the next wave of OU quarterback. Hopefully, he... Plays good. He's a very cocky guy. Go watch QB One on Netflix. He's on it. For oh, the I season. still have to watch that. Yeah, it's really good. He's very cocky, very very cocky, very different from from Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, I mean, I Jalen Hurts is very humbled. Doesn't talk about himself. Mm-hmm. I think the cockiness you just see as a young high school senior, you can see it because he's you know he is the the bee's knees. He's the guy. Yeah, you know I haven't said the bee's knees. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> He's the guy in high school. So, like, you know, you're the starting quarterback in high school. Every girl loves you. You have a girlfriend, whatever. You're the king. Yep. Now, I think hopefully the college the college football landscape and being around veteran guys like Hertz teaches you to be a little humble. Hopefully now, Baker was different. Baker was a different guy. Kyle Murray was quiet, but he also showed sometimes a cockiness, right? Jalen Hurts, very quiet, super humble. You know, he worked out after wins, after blowing out teams, you know, this season. But I would love to see a little more professionalism from from Spencer Rattle. But, you know, he's also very young, so maybe we need a year or two. I'm very impressed by how Justin Fields handles himself on and off the field. Definitely. Press conferences, interviews, so I want him on to the stay. field. Kid is, kid's a tank, dude. I'm, I'm very jealous, but hopefully... Um, my guy can do something. Justin Fields better stay because Ohio State has no one else at quarterback. Well, you had Joe Burrow. Chuganov. Not great. You had Joe Burrow. That's oh, We had Joe Burrow. All right, so let's move in. National Championship glance. Our therapy session is over. 21 minutes and 35 seconds. Wow, that's a long thing. <laughs> that's a long thing. That's a long time. Uh, we'll get into a, a National Championship glance. Not a preview. It's too far away. We'll wait a couple pods to get into that. But just a glance, some quick facts and little chatter about this. So we have Clemson, LSU, number three, Clemson, number one, LSU. I guess unofficially the Tiger Bowl as both teams' mascots are Tigers. This is the first college football national championship in which both teams playing are currently undefeated. It's a pretty cool stat. That's a very cool stat. Uh, And then no number one team has ever won the college football playoff. So we'll see if LSU can change that this year. Hopefully they can. Game is going to be on Monday, January 13th at 8 p.m., and it will be held at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, the same field where LSU just beat Oklahoma. And the ACC and SEC are tied in conference with most CFB championships. Does that make sense? They each have two. Yes. So the winner of this game will determine who's the leader in that category. Championship. I say LSU is going to win this in a landslide. Now it's way too early to see the lines and the spreads and you know all the prop bets and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you can't. You people have it up, but no one's going to take it seriously now. Exactly. It's two weeks away. Yeah. Oh yeah. So much can happen. So much can happen. I think Joe Burrow is going to have another great game. Is he going to have seven touchdowns again? No, because this is not. You're not playing against the Big Twelve OU. That's right. You're playing against maybe one A, one B. When he comes to defense, definitely ranking definitely, wise. Definitely. These are the best defenses, the best offenses playing each other. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be all coming down to, I think, how these running backs are going to work together. 
The running, the running game. Travis Etienne is a savage. Did he have a great running game? I think it was like 45 yards. It was the receiving side of it. Now, LSU has legit, I think, six different options on the offensive side that they can work with. Mm-hmm. So we all know Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, which is the matchup I think everyone wanted to see. It's a great quarterback matchup right great there. Great quarterback matchup. It's going to be the other guys if they can really stand out. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited, but we'll get into it more and more when once the upcoming weeks come on and uh, more information comes out. But if you had to say right now, with, without seeing spreads or anything like that, I'm saying LSU. Yeah, I'm gonna say LSU, and I'm thinking spreads probably somewhere in the I would say like three and a half to seven and a half range. Yeah, it's be mad close. It's be real maybe close. even less than yeah, maybe like three and a half, right? Yeah, I'm, I think it's be a good game. Maybe I would say touchdown or something like that. Maybe okay. Let's get into the NFL now. It's Black Monday. Black Monday is really bad day for NFL coaches and oh, executives. This was a very bad day for a lot of coaches. Today. For a lot of guys. So this is the day, the day after week 17 on Sundays, once the season is officially done, the regular season is done, that's when GMs, owners decide we're canning some people. So we have a ton of teams to go over. We have about, I think it's six teams Five teams we have to go over. Let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Now, reporter and reporter for the NFL Network, Jan Slater, says that this was today. There was there has been no firings of of the entire coaching staff in Dallas, according to a number of sources here at the Star in Frisco. We are currently in the locker room for a clean out, which all the guys come the day after the season to clean the lockers out. Yep. Um. Team meeting has concluded. Jason Gary is meeting with Jerry and Stephen Jones, which is the, you know, Jerry Jones. There was a reporter that tweeted out today. I'm going to go look him up real quick. I should have had him up already. I got me and everyone, me and I think everybody on the internet saw this. Matt Leslie, Mike Leslie, who is a sports anchor reporter at WFAA, which is in North Texas or in Dallas. Covers Cowboys, Mavs, Rangers, and Stars. This idiot got the entire Twitter Twitter's verse freaking out. He tweeted today, I'm told entire hashtag Cowboys coaching staff has been fired. Entire coaching staff has been fired. That's wild. He then later on, he, 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 made, he, made he made a thread saying, we told them that a, we've we're told, excuse me, we're told that a member of the staff texted a person close to him and said, quote, we're fired, unquote. The response was, all of you? And the response was, yes. He continued on to say, a member inside the Cowboys organization says that this is not the case yet, and it'll be the case soon, but it's not officially transpired. This man absolutely got roasted on Twitter. Saying, how can you say this? How can you tweet this out? This doesn't make any sense. You know, oh, here comes Mike with tweets again. Kind of <laughs> like he has a bad reputation of this guy. But Slater from from NFL Network said it best. Nobody's been fired yet. But Garrett is really not getting fired, right? His contract is up. He's not going to get re-signed. So I think Garrett's done. He won't be coming back as the head coach again. He's done. Over with, the 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 era is done. In nine seasons, they've had six. Oh, I think I don't want to mess this up. I think it was six losing seasons in nine years. That's correct. And four of the other seasons were five hundred, including this season. I'm correct. Yeah, putting Jason Garrett at second in career five hundred seasons, right behind 
Mr. 500 himself. Oh, Jeff Fish. That's right. Jeff Fisher. Oh, wow. I, was, I can't believe I got it right. No, so I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't, th- I don't think he's going to be coming back. Going 8-8 eight eight with this roster that's what is I mean. an embarrassment. Exactly. Embarrassment. With, with this roster and then, again, I don't think Jerry Jones wants to have another Jeff Fisher under him, basically. Yeah, or, exactly. Or Jason Garrett, right? They, they, he, he's tired. He hasn't won a championship since the Jimmy like, Jones. Jeff is Jeff Fisher. He's been out of the league coaching for f- three, four years now. Mm-hmm. How many people have looked into him? There's rumors. I mean, people have I mean, looked into him, but as a serious candidate, not really. None. So Jason Garrett, I would think the Jones feel the same kind of way. You can't go eight and eight with Dak Prescott, who is second in passing yards, who had probably the best year of his career. Definitely, when, yo. We roasted him in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. We compared Manny Dalton. Yeah. We, we, we looked at Dalton's <laughs> stats and his stats, and they were very close with passing yards, touchdowns, yeah. interceptions. It was all relatively very close, and he proved us wrong. Had a Big great individual individual season. Zeke had a great year. You have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup had a huge step up into the season. A great season. You have Randall Cobb as well as another option in the wide receiving in the wide receiver slot. It's you have all these options on offense, and let's not forget defense: Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, Sean, Sean Lee is like woken up from the dead. Yeah, he is. So you have all these talented players, and you still don't make it to the playoffs with with a NFC East division which is the worst division in in uh, in the NFL and you go 8 and 8 with that roster now the years prior it's like you know there's injuries Zeke's holdout you know Tony Romo's out but then Dak comes up and kind of rises from the dead that basically saved Garrett's c- coaching career for like the 100th time as as a as a the Cowboys head coach oh, yeah. but this is I think it's the last straw definitely i mean yeah, I mean, I think I was pretty much playoffs or bust for them this season. Yeah, absolutely, it's bust, and I think that's you know, I I think that's uh, Jason Garrett's head. All right, so now let's go with the coaching candidates that are out there right now. We've been saying the past couple weeks as a, as a podcast group, we've said Urban Meyer looks like the guy. Yep, he could be the guy. I think I have some notes in my wallet. Oh, really? Right down at work. I think I do. Yeah. There's I've heard Urban Meyer. I've heard uh, Lincoln Riley. You know what? It's a lot of teams are, are looking at if it's Meyer, Lincoln Riley, McCarthy. It looks like Ron Rivera might be going to the Redskins on after Monday's reports. Yep. But what about a guy named Josh McDaniels? People, teams are starting. They're asking permission from the Patriots right now. The Patriots granted it, right? Yep, to the Browns, Giants, and I think it's the Panthers. Wow. Okay. Yes, and the Panthers to give them an opportunity to go look at McDaniel's. This is like the hundred millionth time <laughs> in his career that he's have an option. Remember the option he was a, was a Colts. He was the Colts coach for a day. Yep, and then said, "Sayonara, nope. peace. I'm going back to the Patriots to win the Super Bowl again." Yep. But I think this is the time. Yeah, I mean, and then this, team, this at, team is a lot better than the Colts team he would have inherited. Right. You're looking at the Patriots now. They're slowly going on a decline. 
I'm not saying that they're not going they're gonna to lose, you know, 10 games next year. But you're seeing from Brady, we'll get into that Brady in a little bit, but he's shown some, some fatigue. Definitely. And the defense, you know, of course, it's one of the best defenses in the league, but the last couple of weeks it really hasn't shown it, including against the freaking Dolphins. That game, oh, my God. Ruined Taylor. the chances, man. We'll, we'll get that in a second, but let's continue on with with Dallas. Let's write it in now. Okay. Who do you think is going to be the head coach? We're going to make a prediction. Just keep with it and see and see if we're right. We'll do a little prediction show after Yeah. Who do you think is going to be that coach? This is absolutely wild. I'm going to say Jason Garrett. You think he's going to stay? I think he should not stay whatsoever. I think they should fire him. I think they've had enough. I don't. I think Jerry likes having a puppet. Wow, maybe. Also, there's not like an, like all of all the names I've heard and everything. Like Urban Meyer, I'm not convinced he's going to go there. Uh, Lincoln Riley, why the hell would he leave Oklahoma? He I, Lincoln Riley won't be coaching this year in the NFL. He no, said definitely. in the press conference before oh, he, the game, someone asked him. Are you going to be going to the NFL? That's not exactly how he asked him, of course. But along the lines. Along yeah. the lines. He says, I'm happy here. I want to stay here. That's what I, So I think – I don't think Dallas is going to get, like, one of the people they want as an Urban or Lincoln Riley. So I think they're going to settle like they have for, what, the last probably five years. You could say the whole – the last decade since Garrett's been hired. I think they're going to settle and just ride with it. If I had to pick, I think – it's going to be Urban Meyer as the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's an offensive genius. So. Him and Zeke reunited? Oh, man. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> All right, let's go to our G-men now. The Giants finally have fired their head coach, Yep, Pat Shermer. Two horrific seasons. This is the third time in the past five seasons that the Giants are looking for a new head coach. Now, as they fire Pat Shermer... People say people are saying that maybe he had, didn't even deserve the head coaching job to begin with. Wow! Look, you're coming off. You you're coming off as the Vikings' offensive coordinator. You did an amazing job in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Oh, it's all, I really want. I don't. I hope I didn't butcher that. I think he was offense. Really, yeah, he was offense coordinator. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like second guessing myself just per usual. Well, we're yeah, about to find yeah, out. Yeah, he, he was, was offensive? Yeah, he All was right. offensive coordinator for uh, Vikings, Brown. Okay, yeah. No, because uh, I wanted Brown's head coach for a season. I remember I wanted him to bring in a defensive guy. And he was they Eagles just, offensive no. coordinator, interim head coach in 2015, and then he became the tight end coach in 16 for the Vikings, and then interim offensive head, offensive coordinator for 16 and 17. Wow. And okay. then became the coach for the Giants. But he had a lot of success those, those years in Minnesota as the offensive coordinator, which got you know Giants front office really happy yep he was going into a team with Eli Odell you're getting Saquon Barkley you have Sterling Shepard you have Evan Ingram you have a lot of offensive pieces and a guy who was an offensive guru in Minnesota with an offense like that where he has Stephon Diggs Dalvin Cook Adam Thielen Kyle Rudolph and Kirk Cousins and you, then you go to New York, you have maybe a little better. Yeah, probably. And you still can't win. It's tough. And the defense, okay, we got it. The defense is horrible. Uh, oh, defense is atrocious. Really, yeah, really bad like, the past couple of years. But for the fact that people are saying that, you know, he wasn't deserved of, of the head coaching job. I think he deserved it. I think there was, he, he, I think he impressed a bunch of people. 
I would have rather had McCarthy coming out of two years. But was no, he was head coach though. He was still head coach, yeah. Yeah, that was last year when he beat. So that's my hope for this season. Okay, so if oh, before we get into that, the Giants aren't firing uh, Gettleman. I agree with that one hundred percent. You rather you want to keep him one hundred percent? Explain. He's hit on his two first round draft picks, Saquon and Danny Jones. That's all I asked for my GM. Like I. I don't expect any GM to be as good as like Belichick is to where he, he can grab people in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and turn them into starters. But, I mean, if you're nailing your first-round picks year after year, I mean, and yes, it's kind of hard to not nail them when you're having top-five picks every year, but I, I give him more leeway than Shermer. I kind of want him gone because of the fact that one, the whole Odell Beckham saga where he says we're not going to trade him. Yeah, and he definitely didn't him, handle that right. Did not handle it right. The the rebuilding of the defense he hasn't done a good job with. Now, no. getting a veteran Mike, Michael Thomas in there, I think that's a good idea. Kind of shape some of the younger guys like a DeAndre um, um, Denver Baker. Yes, yes, yes. Shape him as a uh, a future cornerstone on this team, but the the whole season for the Giants has been just horrible. When it comes to you have in clubhouse bullshit with Janoris Jenkins. Yep. Okay. Which what a dummy. <laughs> just can't <laughs> get his, right. Just an idiot. And then you know people not believing in Daniel Jones. Hand up, one of them. Oh, hand th- up over here too. I think there was a lot of things I kind of just don't like, but. You do have some good points with keeping Gettleman for me one more year. If you can look, I mean, they're getting a top four, top four pick again. So it's, it's this is this has to be a, a, a absolute no brainer. You have to get the guy to help your team. Like getting Jerry Judy, who's going to be who's right now slotted the number four spot. I don't want. I don't need a receiver. I don't as a, as a Giant fan. I wouldn't want. To, look, he's great. He's in the best receiver in the draft. He'll be great for any other team. I just think we, the Giants need a pass rusher. 100%. Not even a They question. need Chase Young, and they messed and up by beating the Redskins. Young. They messed up, and Redskins are not going to have him. Unfortunately. I, I was thre- looking so forward to getting that jersey, too. I know. Get that in white. Or like throwback oh. the, the, the Thursday Night Football call rush. Yes. Yeah, it'll be sick. But it's not going to nope. happen. I... For my candidate for the next coach of the New York Giants, I okay. would love Josh McDaniels. Okay, I don't. I don't hate Josh McDaniels. I like Matt Rule, Baylor's head coach. Absolutely turned around that program from the complete shit show it was, oh, it was you know, really three, bad. four years ago it with Art Bryles. Um, I mean, his first, I mean, Rule's first year, I think, was a 10, 10 loss season. Yeah, and the next season, I think he won like eight games, and then now look at this year, he's. So, I mean, he flipped them around quick. Real quick. Yeah. Said no to the Jets job last season. He served as an assistant under Tom Coughlin in 2012, which I think will help, you know, with the Giants connection a little. Right. But either way, him or McDaniels, I'm not complaining. I would love to have McDaniels because of the fact that he's been around in this league for more than a decade. And he's a big quarterback guy. Yeah. He's worked with Brady and won Super Bowls for the last, I don't know, six years. Yeah. So it's nice to see that. Look, it's either going to be Belichick's retiring this year or next year, and McDaniel's is going to take over, or McDaniel's is going to leave and actually have a nice coaching job. Mm-hmm. You know, 
100%. I think it's time. He's been hinting for the last four years, I want to go coach somewhere, and then he decides late in the game before signing time, so I'm going to stay and win another Super Bowl. Fine. But I think it's time now. You have your, you have, you've had, co- you've been a head coach before. It didn't work. You become an offensive coordinator and you kill at it. So why don't you take that offensive mind and what you learned from Brady and Belichick and you bring that over to New York, where you have offensive, you have offensive talent. Oh, you have arguably the best running back in, in the NFL on Saquon Barkley, and you have a kid. Who just threw twenty four touchdowns and over three thousand yards in his rookie season? In Daniel Jones, I am so impressed by Daniel Jones. Did he throw four touchdowns? Was it four or five against the Redskins? Yeah, threw four hundred yards. Horrible team, but he's still, still a rookie. Yeah. Played in horrible weather. Look, I get it, dude. I'm impressed. And a hand up again. I was proved wrong. I absolutely murdered this guy in the beginning of the year. Right after, right after they drafted him. I would love McDaniels to work with him and make him even better. Eli, I love you, dude. Your time's done. Get McDaniels in there, work with Jones, and make this team into a powerhouse team in, in New York again. I like that pitch, Taylor. I'm sold. You are? Let's go get Josh McDaniels. Let's go get Josh McDaniels, dude. That's what I want. I love it. It's either him or McCarthy, but I would want I want McDaniels more. He's younger. Okay. Sold? I want it. All right, let's stay in the NFC East. Oh, geez. We're going to have uh, three new head coaches for the next season, yeah. the NFC East. Washington Redskins. So, obviously, they need a new coach. Green. They also not, did not do well. Did not do well. <laughs> no. They ended up firing their president, Bruce Allen, had a horrible 10-year stint there, 62 and 107 losing seasons. Did have two division titles, but still. It's yeah. not much after you have seven seven losing seasons, 100 losses in 10 years. But it looks like they're expected to hire former Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera as their next head coach, according to Adam Schefter. I think that's a good move for them. I think I he'll think fit right in there. Obviously, he shows he can work with mobile quarterbacks, working with Cam. Hopefully, that can translate over to Dwayne Haskins. And then it also helps uh, Dan Snyder, the Redskins owner, because Ron Rivera is a minority candidate. So that fulfills the Rooney rule immediately, which says that you have to interview a number of minority candidates for the coaching position. But perfect. I think it fits seamlessly in, and it should help. He's a defensive guy. Redskins, you know, back in the day when they had... Uh, I was going to say Ryan Kerrigan, but he's still around. Every, everyone from Sean Taylor all the way down to Adam Archuleta. They had a dominant defense 10, 12 years ago. I think he might be able to help bring that back and then hopefully trans- translate what he did with Cam over to Dwayne Haskins. I mean, they have Land- 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 uh, Landon Collins. They yeah. Signed oh, for yeah. a ton of money in the offseason. So maybe they can turn him around. I think it's going to be a little while. Dwayne Haskins is very, very raw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to need a couple of years to you get in the form. If you have him and, and guys work together, kind of make it into a, like a – Nice tandem running back and and quarterback relationship. If Adrian Peterson still is is playing football, it's not bad to have AP on the team as well. No, definitely not. I think Ron Rivera is a nice fit. He is arguably around the league the most professional and likable head coach in in the game. So having that going into a young locker room, I think that can really work well. So I think Ron Rivera, I mean, it looks like he will be that coach, so I think that's a great move by the Redskins, which they haven't done a great move in the last decade. I mean, remember, remember the Albert Haynesworth signing? Oh, yeah. Remember how much money they signed him? Like, what, over $100 million for uh-huh. offensive tackle? <laughs> who was super lazy and just, like, got really fat? 
So yeah, oh yeah. Let's go to Cleveland Browns now. Not so good, dude. <laughs> Taylor, but, I would assume this is like your second NFL team. No. No? No. People are getting mistaken that I'm like, I support the Browns. I don't support the yeah, Browns. Yeah, but if you're a Baker fan, that means you have to be a, fa- fa- a fan of the Browns. <sighs> I'm not a fan of the Browns. Do you root for the Browns? No. I root for Baker to succeed. Okay, and then the Browns. Well, like if the Browns and Giants are playing. I'm rooting for the Giants. Okay, okay. Right? So I'm, I am rooting for Baker, even if he does well. Or doesn't, and he really did bad. He was second leading interceptions this year. You had a lot, a lot of drama. Rex Ryan went in on him. Yeah, saying get up. Look, you had, you had drama coming in to the season with the the Kareem Hunt signing. Yeah, right. You look at it like Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, those two guys. It's what, a dominant backfield. Dominant backfield, but you know Kareem Hunt. Got cut from the Chiefs and suspended for a very good reason. It's true. But that's our drama built into it. Now you have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, best friends, LSU boys, grew up together, great wide receiver tandem. You have Chubb and Hunt with those two guys, and Njoku, who's played for like four games and fell really early in the season. Yep. And you have Baker, who had a really good rookie year, Passing for the most touchdowns as a rookie in NFL history. Look, I'll, 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 is this this is hand up episode, dude. <laughs> I said twelve wins for this team. <laughs> no. Yes, I said twelve wins, win a division. Who knew the Ravens would be this good? <laughs> no one. I don't think anyone expected Lamar no one Jackson, Lamar to, play Jackson like he did. to become an MVP. No. No one knew that defense would actually l- light it up. No one saw Mark Andrews be a Pro Bowler this year. I look. I love Mark Andrews, but I didn't see him being like a, a Pro Bowl tight end. No, definitely not. And Mark Ingram absolutely murder on the field. Look, I saw this Browns team winning the division. It was be, it, entering the season it was going to be tough. You had Big Ben and the Steelers. Yep. You did lose. You did lose Le'Veon and AB, but you still had Juju and James Conner. Definitely. I mean, even after I think it was the third or fourth game of the season, then when they beat the Ravens. Yeah, they beat the I Ravens. Was like, I was okay, like, okay, this team. Yeah, they were, they, had, they stumbled a little in the beginning, but I, was, I thought they found it. And everybody loved the signing of Freddie Kitchens. Yep, everybody loved him. Now Freddie was a, was a quarterback way way back in the day for Alabama, skinny guy. <laughs> not now, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> and the best relationship on the team was between Baker and Freddie. You saw that in the year for, in, in Baker's rookie season. The relationship was so tight between those two guys. If and then when he became the interim head coach, it was, it was almost like a a given seeing that like th- this relationship was going to promise for the next decade. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when you have look, it was I, like it was almost like a Belichick Brady relationship. When yeah, where like young, they both young, clicked. Right. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Young, a lot younger, but. This, they had that same kind of vibe almost, right. where I haven't felt anything like that. And, you know, like a like a Sean Payton, Drew Brees kind of vibe, where the the quarterback and the head coach click. So, I mean, it definitely it just overall it it really really shocked me that the Browns ended up how they did. Look, I'm going to say this: John Dorsey has had his fair share of. Bosch draft picks with like Manziel and yep. really good draft picks like Baker Mayfield, right? You've had his 
awful signings of head coaches and you know Hugh Jackson. Oh jeez. And letting people go and not keeping t- he's had a weird tender tenure. Yes. This is a I think the smartest move he's made. Letting Kitchens go after one year. Six and ten. You have an like this. This is a Cowboys. This is the, the offense that, that <laughs> it, the offense that that Freddie Kitchens had the power the 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 offensive weapons he had. Yep. You can't win six games with that. You can't. No, not and at when all. You have when you have you see arguments between Baker and Odell and Odell with Freddie Kitchens on the sideline. Landry's getting pissed off. You can't have that. You have a ton of Eagles on this team. You have to be able to manage it. Uh, and they need a head coach who can manage it. Now, who do you think will be that guy? So right now we have Rivera off our board. We have McDaniels to the Giants. And I have Urban to the Cowboys. Guys that are left, realistically, are McCarthy, Matt Rule, Lincoln Riley, if you want to toy with that. Who do you think could be the next replacement for the Browns? Honestly, I have. I'm seeing the Dallas Cowboys. Like I think it was, you know, I'm seeing other offensive coordinators coming out of the the woodworks of getting interviews. I think it's. I think it's going to be, you know, someone not a huge name. Somewhat like a, a hidden gem. I maybe not a gem, but I think they kind of go a little more low key and, yeah, I guess kind of find a diamond in the rough. I don't think they're going to take that big shot and go for a McCarthy or a huge name like that right away, right after you know hiring a guy for one year and then canning him. Six and ten is very disappointing. It's a great move. I think it's going to be like a McCarthy. Ooh, maybe. I think that'd be a good fit. I, I I think McCarthy worked really well with Aaron Rodgers. Did, did it end on a horrible note? Yes. <laughs> Won a Super Bowl together. But maybe McCarthy can can work with with Baker and fix the issues. Yeah. Like McCarthy had some huge names when he was playing, when he was coaching. Oh yeah. Great receivers, I mean and and great players. So maybe he can kind of settle these boys down. So now into our last team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They fired Tom Coughlin a couple weeks prior, which was a sad sight to see. And the Jaguars' ownership and head coach Doug Marone are scheduled to meet on Tuesday morning. The likelihood of him getting fired is super high. You have Nick Foles coming into this season. It's on a huge contract, coming off a Super Bowl victory. This is the guy you want, right? Then you have him fall. That from the get-go was like, okay, now we're not going to win the division or compete now. Gardner Minshew had a great time. He did. He took the lead by storm in the first couple of weeks, right? Oh, everyone he loved play, him. He played a decently good year. He had over 3,000 passing yards for a backup who was in and out of the starting role. Yep. You had some off-the-field shit. You had Jalen Ramsey legit toying with this team, saying, I want to play. I'm not going to play. My back hurts. It doesn't hurt. I went to the club the other night. I played bowling, whatever it was. I'm sick. I'm sick. Right. <laughs> Clearly wants out. He didn't handle that right. There was arguments between him and Ramsey on the field and in the locker room. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that didn't get handled the right way. And then just playing horrible defense, which the team, this defense under Doug Marone's tenure as a head coach has been, that's been the game. The defense has been the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they've been known for is to play very well in defense. And 
they had a horrible season. With injuries, trades, arguing, bitching, moaning. Doug Marone's tenure with time in, in Jacksonville is gone and is done. Can you see him back in the NFL as a, head, as a coordinator? Absolutely. He'll yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Not even a question. But being a head coach again, it's going to be it's going to be a little longer than I think people will think. I think it's going to be like three or four years from down the line, four years, maybe five years down the line, to see him a head coach. Again. Yeah, he's going to have to he's have to work a little more before he gets it. What direction do you think they can go in? I have this. This is the one I have no idea what, what Jackson will do. Especially with their owner, Saad Khan, I, he, I feel like he's just a wild card, and he kind of does... Guy has so much money just throw oh, around. He, he's, yeah, oh, I think that's why he might not care. He kind of just... I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's going to be... It's very. It's a very weird situation, because like it's like they were... The front office for Jacksonville is so mad at Nick Foles of how bad he's played. Yeah. There, there could be an option where Minshew start next year. I'm serious. They're trying to move Foles to a team that needs a quarterback, right? And they just gave him a lot of money, but you're moving like eighty million dollars. I think it is, or sixty. You think he'll go to Tampa? If I mean they have, they have to figure out what the hell they're doing with Jameis. We'll get into Jameis, but they got to figure out what they're doing with him. It's tough. It's tough. Let's now let's get into Black Monday is done. We're going to talk about playoff time. That's right. Regular season's over. Quick notes before we jump into the seedings and the schedules for the thirtieth consecutive season. Four or more teams make the playoffs that didn't make it the previous season. This year we have five. We have the Titans, Bills, Niners, who are number one seed, Packers, and Vikings. The most surprising one on this list is definitely the Bills. Bills haven't been a playoff team in seems like a billion years. So they're actually nice to see that. And one of the coolest things I've seen, some some woman tweeted out, and I'm really upset I can't find the tweet anymore. So she took teams that had Lost by one touchdown. Okay. And reverse that loss into a one touchdown win. Okay. And seeing what records would teams would have. Yeah. So in the AFC, the Chargers were the number one seed. They had like 13 wins. Okay. And the Cowboys are the most wins in the NFC with like 12 or 13. Wow. The Chargers did lose, I think, like six games by one touchdown. Oh, that sucks. And the Cowboys lost a ton by one touchdown as well. Yeah, yeah. And the worst team in the NFC was the Seahawks. They had like three wins. I saw the Browns were in the nine, nine, ten win category. Jets were just a wild card team, I think it was. Wow. But I find it so interesting to see that, you know, one touchdown losses cost the Cowboys a season. I mean, losing to the Jets, how awful of a loss that is. You can't lose to the Jets. Look, the Jets like tried fighting out to get making the playoffs. Yep. They like they played decently well towards the end of the stretch of the season, you know. But the one one touchdown losses are huge, and the fact that the Cowboys were, if they reverse that one touchdown loss into a one touchdown win, they're the best team in the NFC. Goes to show that that is really important. I thought I just saw that little note. I like that. And also, the Patriots, when they play in a wild game, they don't win. <laughs> They've never won. That is true. So let's we'll talk, do we want to start with the teams with buys? Yeah, so we'll start with teams with buys. We'll start in the AFC. Sure. Ravens at number one, easy, 14-2. and two. Lamar Jackson was a, a wild man out there and will most likely win MVP. He had 36 touchdowns, passing touchdowns. I was blown away by that number. Damn. And then... 
the Ravens, they're going to play the lowest-ranked AFC wildcard winner. Number two in the AFC is the Chiefs at 12-4. and four. They're going to go on to play the highest-ranked AFC wildcard winner. Since week 11, going into the Chargers' win, they've let up an average of 9.6 points a game. Holy hell. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. The biggest story is that defense. The last couple of seasons, the defense has never been the story. They've let up a ridiculous amount of pa- I mean, last year they let up, they led the league in pa- and let up uh, receiving yards. Yep. Passing yards, whatever we call it, passing yards. And rushing yards, they were in the top five of, of rushing yards allowed. Yeah. So the fact that they've kind of flip flopped that from years, from one year to the next, it's incredible. And the guy that has the biggest name on that defense is not a player. I mean, you have great defensive players, his defense coordinators. Steve Spagnola, Spags. Spags. Spags was the defense coordinator and 16 for the Giants. He may, he is known for his defense. I mean, that's what he is, defense coordinator. But he's been known for the last five, six years as making, getting to a team and making them a very good defensive team. Yep. I mean, the 2016 Giants, they were first round. They went to the playoffs, lost against Green Bay in Green Bay. But that defense was unbelievable. Landon Collins was a pro bowler that year. You had JPP. I was so happy when he got fired by the Rams and came back to be DC for the Giants. I was just, great I was like, coordinator. I was like, holy crap, we got a guy. Yeah. And then he and then the whole back and do era was was legit diving inward and, and just absolutely exploding on everything. And then he became the interim head coach and then he got fired and he got canned. Yep. But now he is the guy in KC. And this is by far his best work he's ever done. Not even a question. Yeah. Not, I really thought, I think this is the best work he's done. So the fact that the Chiefs legit leapfrogged over the Patriots is huge. Shout out Dolphins. Shout out Dolphins. Let's, let's just continue into the AFC. So Bills and Texans are the first wild card game. Bills are the five seed. Texans at the four. I got Bills in this game. I got Bills too. Texans are banged up. And, yeah, they did sit a lot of uh, starters this past game. Shout out to Adrian McCarron, bench player. Played horribly. <laughs> but I have the Bills, too. Just seeing what they've done. Sean McDermott has turned this team in the past two years into something I could not have believed. Josh Very Allen is a team. legit quarterback. And their defense. Scary good. Scary good. Look, Josh Allen has definitely taken a step up from last year. This year is over 3,000 passing yards, 20 touchdowns. You have a young squad on the offense still. I mean, the number one receiver on this team was jo- is, is Brown. 1,000 receiving yards, six touchdowns. They just have a lot of guys that can do it all. I still And I think it's, it's, it's going to be the defense for the Bills that's got to step up. Remember when we talked about the, the, the Texans always like lose one shitty game a year yep. that really ruins their season? Yeah. And oh, kind yeah. of like you can see them diving in and kind of ruining themselves. Mm-hmm. I think this is like you're going to see an actual absolute explosion and Texans are going to absolutely lose by like 20 points and Ooh. lose a lot. I mean, J.J. Watts trying to come back in this game. Yeah, I saw that. That would be crazy. Be unbelievable. Imagine J.J. Watt like, you know, at 50%. Trying to sack Josh Allen, I would love to see that. That's awesome. I believe also this is the first wild card game between quarterbacks with twenty pass touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns each. That's an interesting little stat there. Oh yeah. Next, the lowest seed, number six, Texans against the number Titans. Th- t- sorry, excuse me. Sorry, 
Titans against the number three Patriots at 8-15 on Saturday. This is interesting. I think this is going to be a lot more of a game than most people think. I totally agree. The Dolphins really played spoiler here and ruined the Patriots' chances of getting a first-round bye. Patriots now have a number three three slot in the playoff seating. They're playing the Titans. I don't want to pick the Titans because if you guys remember from last time I picked it, Against the Patriots, the Patriots went on to win the rest of the, the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that. Okay. But it's very alarming that it's going to be a very close game. I think it's definitely be close, especially if the Titans can keep it close or tied or be up at half. I think they got this game because then you just feed Derrick Henry the ball, NFL leading rusher this season, and he's going to dominate. Isn't it crazy how, like, when he was playing Alabama, he was, like, at one point the backup? Yeah, that's crazy. How do you see a guy on the sideline who is 6'6", <laughs> 260, and where his, like, kneecap started his shoulders? And, like, it's like, why aren't you rushing? Who's in front of him? If I'm going to guess here, TJ Yeldon. There's a big difference between those Yeldon, two. Yeldon, big boy, dude. But Derrick Henry... Is a monster. I can, I can, I can maybe put money on it that he can run through this wall here. I'm oh, not kidding. Not even a question. Pads on. I think he can <laughs> run through this wall. I'm not kidding and not get hurt. That's the scary part. If if the defense can really hold Derrick Henry, on you know, hold him under 100 yards is impossible. I oh think. yeah, and no. even the Patriots defense, as good as the defense that is, I don't think they hold him to under 100. The scary yards. thing here is is that the Patriots and Tom Brady. I mean, look, Tom Brady has had a good season. As is what you know, what he's what we've seen before. He's passing for, passing for 35, 45 touchdowns a year. No, but what was really alarming going into half, he needs the ball and he starts holding his elbow. Concerning much? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you see that as a Patriots fan, you got to be alarmed a little bit for the fact that he's holding the elbow. He's been playing hurt all year. And the offense as a whole hasn't been what they are supposed to be the last couple of years. Look, yeah, that's fair. Edelman, unbelievable season. I think he had over a, a, maybe 95 to 100 receptions, over 1,000 yards receiving, six or eight touchdowns this year. Great. But there's nobody else. Muhammad Sanu hasn't played well. Yep. Philip Dorsett has, has, has played well the first half of the year. The second half of the year has been a little a little cold. Nikhil Harry, coming off an injury, hasn't really done much. Edelman's been banged up. He's, yeah, he's pretty much can only play the slot. And also, no running game. No, zero running game. Do you know, Patriots Nation hates Sony Michelle right now. He's in a horrible sophomore year. After the freshman year, I was like, all right, he's... Like, what a steal just, in the draft. Yeah, exactly. He played great in the Super Bowl. You know, it's like, you can't... If you don't have a running game, it's puts too much pressure on the passing game. And now they're going to have to go in and play against probably one of their most iconic running backs in the past few years, who's really helped them in every aspect, Deion Lewis. Right. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. I still have Patriots in this game, though. I, I really don't. That's what I mean. I can't I can't pick against the Patriots, but like I my, I think it's going to be a game. My, like you know, my heart and my gut says Patriots, but then something in the back of my mind saying, don't. Tannehill. This is this is gonna be a close enough game Tannehill, where I Tannehill. wouldn't bet the spread. If I'm, I'm betting this game, if it's money line, I wouldn't touch it at all. I feel weird. <laughs> I Let's go to the NFC game. Now. Let's go to the NFC first round buys. 
The 49ers at 13 and 3 will play in the lowest ranked NFC wildcard winner. Last night's game, you had the Niners Seahawks 8 o'clock primetime game. You didn't watch it. Uh, you missed. We've said it a bunch of times game of the year, game of the year. This was the game of the year. Oh, not even a question. Going back and forth and to the final drive. They were down by Seattle was down by a touchdown. Huge pass gets him to what the freaking two, right? Yeah. And just they, about and, and oh yeah, forgot they just signed Marshawn Lynch like four days prior, and he's in pads. And I think the entire planet wanted to see a, a run in there. Oh, right, for sure. Everybody wanted to see a run. They get to two yard line. There's no timeouts. They spiked the ball, right? So now we're on, now we're at second and ten, but they let the clock play clock run out. It becomes a, a delay of game. Scoot your ass back ten yards. <laughs> now you're out of the goal line stand. Now you're at the twelve yard line around there, ten or twelve, which screws you big time with no timeouts. Russell Wilson throws a, a dart to the middle of the field. Receiver catches it, gets absolutely rocked at the one yard line. Game over. Yep. By inches. By inches. And an NFC West championship was lost by inches. Yeah. So the Niners are now the number one seed. Jimmy G, with the offense that he has, do you see them actually going far in this playoff series, playoffs, playoffs um, schedule, excuse me, with when you when you have the Packers who are the number two seed and the rest of this NFC wild card matchup here? I think for the NFC especially, it's wide open. I think all of these teams have, I mean, besides the Vikings because I don't trust. They're, they're, they're going to get absolutely smoked by the Saints. <laughs> yeah. Oh, besides the Vikings, take out the Vikings. I think any of these teams can pretty much get it done. Maybe take out the Eagles too, but just looking at the Niners, Packers, Saints, and Seahawks, I, I'm, right now any four of those could go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be shocked. There's a lot more talent in the NFC yeah. when it comes to these teams. I think the Packers are going to be a team that's going to be upset in this playoff series. Wow, okay. So let's see. In, so in theory, most likely the Packers will be playing the winner of the Seahawks-Eagles game. Correct. So, look, Seahawks are definitely... Look, the Seahawks-Eagles series is going to be a game. Si- game or it's going to be I a wish it was a game. series. Oh. Imagine series in football. Best of three. I would oh love God. that. The game, the, the season would end in like April. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Looking wild. <laughs> but Carson Wentz has played great with no receivers. They are down to their dude. They are down to third, four string receivers and running backs. Miles Sanders gets hers, and guess who scores a ton of? Who, who is a huge part of this win against the Giants yesterday? Boston Scott. Great name. What a name! It honestly thought it was made up. <laughs> <laughs> who makes up a name like that? Oh, yeah, that's like a Boston Scott. Name. Yeah, it's a it's a player. It's like a generic player created name yeah. when you go after like another season. The the, the, the random draft. <laughs> yeah. Draft Boston exactly. Scott. Exactly when the when like uh, the game makes its own players. Exactly. So when's Boston the first Scott. player to throw for four thousand yards without having a receiver have five hundred yards? What? Because he's moving through so many guys. Moving through a giant list of players. So if you had to pick in this game. 
is is Russ Wilson and his and his firepower of offense with DK Metcalf and Tyre Lockett, or and Chris Carson Carson's dead, uh, not 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 deceased, but he's just out here. <laughs> um, they have Marshawn Lynch now, but can they beat the Eagles, who are the, probably the most surprising team to get into the playoffs? I think they definitely can. Eagles, I mean, they've been trending upwards lately, obviously, but. The Seahawks, I feel like they just have too much firepower. Regardless of whoever it was, the Niners or the Seahawks, I just I, saw, I see them being the Eagles. Yes, it is home in Philly. I just think both teams have two. They both have. You know what? Forget about the Niners because they have the seed. Seahawks, they have a very good defense. And when Russell Wilson is on, and everyone knows he's going to be on for this game, he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be hyped up. I don't see him losing this game. I see Seahawks are, are winning this game. The Vikings Saints game is going to be hilarious. For one thing and one thing only, is that Kirk Cousins is going to lose again. <laughs> yeah. A guy who's making guaranteed money and disappointing Minnesota fans yet again is going to be hysterical. Can't legit lost on Monday night again, so he's zero nine, and now he can't win the playoffs after making all this money guaranteed with the offense you got with Dalvin Cook and Stephon Diggs, Rudolph, Thielen. You have all this offense. Yep. The defense is pretty damn good too. Zimmer and and Cousins cannot buy a W, and they're going to get absolutely destroyed in New Orleans. Drew Brees is going to absolutely murder. You know, Taysom Hill has six receptions, six six sorry six six TD touchdowns this year. Wow, I mean, Sean Payton, he has been saying like pretty much all season, like this is this guy's legit, and I see him in, being an NFL quarterback in the future, and we want to keep him in our offense and. Oh yeah! Keep don't using. forget, like Antonio Brown's getting like rumors right now. We'll, we'll get into that later. I he know. might have screwed it up a little, but he did have a he did have a successful workout. With I, them. They, I think they worked out. I think like six or seven receivers that day. Yeah, a couple. But bro, imagine Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. <laughs> Two top five wide receivers right there. You could say two top three wide receivers probably by talent. I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. Oh, not even a question. Not even a question and anymore. I, and, and Hopkins is two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm Trying to think who else could I put in there. Honestly, those are probably big two, right? Yeah. So I'm hopefully this works out the way we want it to. So the Saints will win against the Vikings, and then the Seahawks will upset the Eagles. And I guess not really upset the Eagles, but the Seahawks will beat the Eagles. You're looking at seeding wise, it kind of it's Seed- five against a four, but exactly record wise, no yeah. shot. But no. that would set up Seahawks Niners, a nice little rematch. Freaking third time this year. Yeah, that would be great. Oh my god, it'd be awesome. But let's uh, we have the weekend to see these games. I'm very intrigued. I'm very very pumped up about this. It should be a good playoffs. Yes, let's get into basketball. Just real, real quick. We'll. Uh, I love Carl Anthony Towns. We'll do two of these. You love him. Love him. I don't. I don't know why. I no. I don't like him. I don't have a reason. Just for whatever. I just don't like. him. I just like how he but, plays, but he's not happy. He's apparently unhappy in Minnesota, and some other NBA teams are monitoring the situation, whatever that means. So according to Ethan Strauss of The Athletic, multiple NBA executives said at the recent G League showcase in Las Vegas that. Carl Anthony Towns is unhappy in Minnesota with the T-Wolves sitting 13th in the Western Conference at 11-20. and 20. Not great. Towns is signed through the 23-24 season. He signed a max extension uh, in September 2018, so last September. Um, but that alone makes me think there's no urgency for Minnesota to trade him. Be, or else they're just going to force themselves into a whole, whole New Orleans Pelicans Anthony Davis situation. 
I mean, do you think the do you think those guys in the I mean, look, going into every single game, you you're you're looking with positivity that we're going to win and you're going to keep winning and get into the playoffs. You have two number, o- you have two number one right. overall draft picks. You're, you have this mentality like we're going to win these games, we're going to keep going, we're going to advance, get a better seed in the playoffs, but do you really think with all the talent in their, in their conference, do you think they can get in? No, they definitely can't. Right. There's, there's so much talent just in Just not conference. even the talent, the team alone. Right. They're, they they're, don't, ha- they don't it's, have it's it. It's those two guys, that's it. Exactly. They, they don't have a point guard. Andrew Wiggins... Playing like a second rounder, all right? All right, yeah. Every two weeks, three weeks, he'll have a twenty point game. Yeah, it was like his first, first like two weeks, he was on fire, and then he just goes back to regular Andrew Wiggins. Yep. So I mean, I put that on him as well because Cat he he's been playing out of his mind since he got into the league, basically averaging twenty and ten every single game. But I mean, I get it. I get that he's unhappy. It's been said that the Warriors were the first team who kind of inquired and are monitoring the situation. I also saw the Knicks name thrown in there. I don't know how the hell the Knicks would make that happen. Also, it would kind of be difficult for the Warriors to make it happen. One reason being, I think a little of this of the Warriors having interest in Cat is because D'Lo is there. D'Lo and Cat are really, really, really good friends from childhood. They played a, uh, on AAU teams together. A bunch of, you know, like uh, like showcases when they were younger with the AAU teams. But in order for them to get Cat, they're going to have to move one of their max salaries, being Curry, Clay, or Russ, or Russell. So, I think you know. I don't think I don't think the pairing that D'Lo and Cat want is going to happen. I also don't think anything is going to happen. I think this is all just smoke and mirrors, and Cat's going to have to ride out for another two years. If they still suck, then he can pull the Anthony Davis and want to be traded. But I'm just hoping that something will come out of this, and maybe the Knicks will slide in there. Well, the Knicks are one of the teams to be rumored to kind of jump on the bandwagon here, but I feel like they got to throw their name out to make Knicks fans like yourself. Very excited. Exactly. Kind of got exactly. a little of like a chubby and shit like, <laughs> I'm excited. Imagine. Like, yeah. No, I'm not convinced whatsoever that they're going to get him, but at least here and there in the mix, it makes me like, all right, at least they're trying. Makes me feel a little better about him. Yeah, just add another big man to you know, the, the eight they have in their squad. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I watch them every, I watch them every <laughs> night, man. I mean, they, they won the night. Who they beat the other day? I just watched them play. Oh, the Wizards? Yeah. I mean, the Wizards legit are playing with... Like eighth grade players, yeah. Oh yeah. Like Bradley Beal's. You ever out. heard of Jordan McRae? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say no. I was like, he was the leading scorer. I know. I say most people have probably never heard of. He's him. bounced around from like four teams in the last like yeah. year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, they have nobody. But watching, like watching <laughs> Mitchell Robinson play basketball is hysterical. Bro, he's like. <laughs> I'm trying I know, to he's, I know he's like a baby still, but like he can't. He guy gets guy just racks up fouls like it's his actual job. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he, he racks up fouls Mike like Miller, he's Mike, Miller, Mike Miller was asked like you know he was asked a question about his foul trouble, <laughs> and he Mike Miller tried like the most positive way possible, like the nicest way possible, like saying like he's improving. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> he can't get out of foul trouble to he, save his life. No, just continuing continuing to screw himself, just. Like getting four fouls before the half. <laughs> Honestly, every single game, he's, every game, he's got easy three fouls at half. And like they, they're, the reporters are trying to find some positive light, and they keep saying like Alfred Payton's name all the time. Oh, I hate that. I, and he, played, I, I didn't want to talk about the. He Knicks plays like once in a blue moon. He plays nice. Like I'm getting, I'm, I know so much about the Knicks right now. I've watched them so many times. I watch <laughs> Nets every night. Nets are a 500 team. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
But you know, like I like I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I like he's been going him. off, bro. He might be an all star. I just my voice went up. He might be an all star. <laughs> if Kyrie stays out longer, I wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's been putting he's up thirty forties. I think he's averaging twenty two game right now. Damn, yeah, not, not terrible. That's dude. hey, that's six men of the year right there. Yeah. Depending oh, yeah. on how many games, uh, you know, he ends up starting. I think so. I think so. All right, all right let's um, let's go to special segments. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do. Top three sports moments of the decade. A little tease. I call the biz. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Special segment time. You know what it is. Before we get into top three, we didn't even mention this. You'll see in the headline we will. But this is our, our New Year's Eve episode. It's been a long right. year. It's been a long year, up and down in the podcast. We've done a lot, haven't done much. Feels like we haven't done much, and then we could do a lot of shows like the Yankee game and Ohio State and interviewing players. We're at 73 podcasts. Going into our third year of End of the Bench. Yeah, as like third year into relationship. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not like three full years, but 2018, 2019, 2020. Right. 2018, we were on the radio show at Sports on the Go One. That's a long time ago. And oh, now, yeah. But now, you know, we're doing good here. Um, I'm going to make a little wager with you. Okay, you hope you're ready for this. I'm ready. Look myself in the mirror. I'm not too pleased with the bod. Okay. So, and now you know, you're starting to work out now. You want to gain some muscle mass on you? Get, yes. Get that beach bod going. That's you're right. pretty skinny, so you're fine. I just need to gain weight. You That's just, my problem. You, I can't gain eat, weight. You eat the most garbage, and nothing happens to you. Uh, see, people have a problem losing weight. I have a problem gaining weight. I'm working on it. Do you uh, you want to do a little friendly wager here? Like, I, I don't even know what to, like how you do this. Best in shape, but that kind of doesn't work. How many pounds are you trying to lose? <sighs> well, if I'm going to start working out heavy and gain a lot of muscle mass, it's going to kind of balance out my weight. I would like to be at like 185. No, like 180. But like, I'm just I'm just lean. Like I'm thick as shit. It's like I had the dad bod, and now it's kind of going to the opposite direction of dad bod. And, I, and I'm not happy with what I am right now. All right, well, we got to come up with a wager for this. I know. It's a little weird. I don't know. I'm just trying to get yoked. I'm trying mm. to get diced up. All right, we're going to come up with something. Maybe we'll have like a weigh-in, and then like I have to – we'll figure out a nice number. Say for, it's for like – both of us have to like – Like you some, have to drop 10 pounds, and I have to gain 10 pounds. We can see to do it faster. Something like that, yeah. You know what? Because I, I really if if I have some motivation for it, <laughs> and I have some like competition, I'm gonna do it. My motivation is to run the forty faster next time we do it. Just fucking damn right, dude. We, in the video, we we're like, yeah, let's do like you know, we'll do it in the fall and the winter. No, we're not. No spring. Spring. We'll just pick up back in the spring. We'll just do that. All right, let's get into our top three sports moments of the decade. Now, this is kind of a tease. We're only doing three each. But I'm gonna do a a a video of out of left field version of of the of uh, my video series, and I'm gonna do a top ten sports moments moments of the decade. I'll probably be out and about maybe next week, week and a half from now, just recapping the best moments. Yep. But we're doing three each. Do you know who went first last time? Um, no, but you can go first. You thought of the topic, and you're doing the video, so oh. get them. Well, thank you. I'm gonna go with. LeBron and the Cavs come back 3-1, and you can kind of add in with that the Eagle Dollar block. That's my first pick. 
That's a great pick. It's a great pick. Great pick. For me, I was going to go a little throwback, but I'm going to go kick six. Auburn, Alabama. So that just that was one of those so plays good. that I will forever just be able to remember. I mean, I, the kick was so short. You you remember who the runner was, right? The, the punt returner. The the. Do you know who his name was? I do. I, I'll remember that name for the rest of my life. Only reason because when I look at oh Chris Davis, no, yes. I never would remember that. I just remember because you know there's a Chris Davis. There's two Chris Davises in baseball. Oh, there's oh okay. That's the only reason I remember it. All right, so my next pick. Oh, you go again. God, we do this. I go again. We do this every time. Okay. This is crazy. Okay. I'm going to say American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown. Wow. You know, I've had some people say the same thing to me when I'm making my list, and they're saying, like, you should do American Pharaoh. I'm like, well, it's a damn horse. It's like it dies a couple years later, and then it just, you know, go on to the next thing. But, you know, it's guys, you can make history, this horse. That's right. Made a lot of money for people, too. Uh, that's true. Made that's a lot true. of money. Do you watch this? Do you watch all three races? No, definitely not. <laughs> I watched the last one. If that counts for anything. Belmont. We got to figure that out. We got to figure that out. That's gonna be a summer thing, dude. We got to do that. Yeah, it's close. Get, we can take the train there. Get some press credentials there. Oh, okay. There's some really, really fancy. Oh, Interview okay. people about horses. And we don't know. I don't know a thing about horse racing. <laughs> I don't know a thing. All right. So my next pick is gonna be. Patriots are race 28 3. Oh, can I switch my pick? I'm gonna, I'll switch it after. Okay. For leftovers. Okay. You want, you want, you want to switch now? I just picked the Patriots 28 3, so that's, what, that's my second pick. I think you should just keep it. I really want to switch it. Well, you, I mean, you got to be careful why I don't take the next one. Um,. All right, I'll finish out my third one, and then I'll come. I'll come back to it. So okay. this is my second pick right now. Oh, this is my third pick. But you're passing. Don't I have to go again? Oh, you. I I do right. Yeah. <laughs> we can never get the snake right. <laughs> Damn it! You go. I I do go next. Um, <laughs> I have two. I'm gonna have to say, ooh, Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Ooh, okay. I mean, they haven't won a World Series. In over a hundred years, it's the best team they've had in maybe the last fifteen, twenty years, and they won it. It was fantastic. One of the best baseball moments of, of, of all time, but definitely the best baseball moment of the decade. All right, all right. So for my, I guess we'll say third pick, and then I'll redo my second pick after. I'm going Kobe for sixty. Ooh, His final shit. game that was just unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And then for my second pick, which I'm going to switch, I'm going to take away American Pharaoh's triple crown. Yes, it was great, but you did kind of sway me. You need more of a sports sports moment. It's a, I'm it's between a two, legit moment. I'm between but... two New York moments right now. Oh shit! Okay, I'm between Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Hitting the walk off. Final game at Yankee Stadium. Yep. Right. And Linsanity. Yeah. Because Linsanity was Linsanity like was, no other. And that I mean that was eleventh grade for us, right? Yeah, and that got me into liking the Knicks. That really got you into liking the Knicks? Yeah. I was never a huge basketball guy before that, and I was just so like enamored by like this like small Asian dude from Harvard is bowling out. And then like obviously the Knicks started getting better. They had the twenty eleven season when they were good and then it's yeah. been crap from there. Yeah, it's been crap from there, and I've been stuck. But, um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go insanity. Wow. All right, I like that. Right, Sorry, so, Mark Farrell. You, that's my uh, first runner-up. 
Okay, so we I have LeBron's three one comeback with the Cavs, and also you talk about the Iggy block with that that whole the whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriots twenty eight three comeback, and then the Cubs win the World Series. Liam, you have the kick six, Lynn Sandy, and Kobe going for sixty. Honorable mentions. We could have another episode <laughs> just on this. So I have honorable mentions with uh, Malcolm Butler's pick yep. at the one yard line in the Super Bowl against the the Eagles. Uh, Eagles. Uh, the, sorry, the Seahawks. So the bird. Um, Twenty ten decision is another one. You have Tiger Woods winning the Masters. You have um, let's see, Ray Allen's three. Do you have any honorable mentions you can put there? Yeah. So I have David Tyree's helmet catch. Holy shit. That, that wasn't this decade. Wasn't oh, it? was that 2009? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I would have known that. I would have saw that up right away. Um, What was I saying before that? All right. So you know what? I'll say Mar- Mario Manningham's catch in the Patriots game. That's a very good That one. was like almost the equivalent. We could say Odell's catch of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. One last good, really, really good one. I have a bunch. Hit me with one more. I ha- Oh, Ovechkin getting a cup. That's big. That maybe not for the average sports fan, but hockey fans, that's huge. Uh, Minnesota miracle. Ooh, okay. Unbelievable. Let's see. Kawhi Leonard's people might say that the the you know the, yeah that shot hit the rim four times. Yeah, that was David Freeze game six individual ga- ties the game and yep. then hits a walk off home run. Ooh. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Loyola Chicago making the Cinderella run the final four. Freaking UM, UMBC's run takes down Virginia. Is this the first 16 seed to be the one seed? So there's Ooh. a lot. There's a lot we missed. This is very, very recent, but I think this in the future could be like a big one. Zion shoe blowing out. Interesting. Maybe not right now, but we look in 10 years and see where his career goes. That might be. Yeah, a I mean, more, the, uh, the significance of Nike being the shoe, him popping out, yep. could have broke his ankle. Could have really ruined the draft for all the NBA teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? But I, I remember watching it. It was here. We watched it here. Yeah, we watched it here. We watched it in here. Who was over? We had Billy was over. We had Gar was here. Yeah, I think it was. That's uh, probably it. Yeah, I think it was yeah. four of us. But, yeah, yeah, no, I remember watching that. And that's going to be. That's one of those things where I'll never forget. Never forget. So, Liam, will make uh, one of these graphics and throw them on the gram. That's right. I'm not on, sure how, but I'll mind. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, next, we got Wow. Scott Boris. The guy's made a ton of money, but according to two sources, Boris takes about 5% of each contract. So he's in line to make around 50 to $60 million, depending on the ending uh, total, which it's going to be around a billion dollars. And it already is. Wow. So after the Rendon signing, it kind of put everything in perspective that, like, yeah, with Moustakis and everything, it's going to be a lot of money. So, uh, wow. Good job, Scott Boris. Another winner of being very successful. Wow is right. Wow is right. Let's go to Would You Wear It. What we got, Liam? Would You Wear It? We actually have a couple cool things. Nothing too, too crazy. But can, we, can we say before we get in? Yes. We had successful. We did on the last week of spring. I am one for one lifetime now. That's you are. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You want to tell the people what, yeah, I, what so, we did? Uh, the, the bandana box logo hoodies, uh, they dropped about three weeks ago, I believe, on Supreme. And then kind of out of nowhere, they announced they were going to drop T-shirts with the same. Um, I hit up the pod squad. Uh, I have a I have a bot. 
I use for sneakers, Supreme, all that stuff. It was honestly, to get it was it. honestly like a, like a game time decision almost. It was a game time decision. But thank God, all of us were on our. All of us were actually. Everyone was on the phones. I got slots for everyone. Me and Taylor ended up hitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I originally got two. Yeah, which is crazy. Which, as as Liam's told me, doesn't happen. You got lucky because normally, if you get two orders, they'll cancel both. Now, why is that? Because they don't want they don't want people getting multiples. It's one per person technically, and just bots just killed it. Bots destroyed. I didn't. Hear, I don't know anyone who got it manually. Really, I don't know anyone who got it manually. That's incredible. So I got two. Yeah. Technically. Oh two. yeah. But so the resale value is huge on this. But right now it's kind of low. Yeah. Well, the, the t-shirt, including tax and shipping, is around fifty bucks. So then, and the resale right now is two fifty to three hundred. So, but right as of right now, it's kind of low. It's low It'll because climb. it was a mass produce. It was a ton. Yeah, they, well, Supreme got um, bought out fifty one percent two seasons ago, I believe. So since then, they've just been putting out more of everything because, kind of, there. I guess the corporate who the corporation who bought them out. I can't remember the group's name. They must have just said, "Screw the limited quantities. We're going for sales." I mean, it makes sense. I get it, but it hurts the brand. But regardless, made some money, and uh, my first box logo I'm ever, I'm ever keeping. I've been in it for. You've been in the game for a while. Been in the game for, I think six Supreme seasons now, seven, Jeez. eight, maybe. Wow! How yeah. many box logos have you? Acquired? That's the third I've acquired in hand. In six years? Yeah. Dude, I got one for one. Killing it, Taylor. That's what I'm telling you, bro. Fuck, dude. I got, I'm excited. I struck out the first four times. I got the crew neck. I struck out twice, and then I got the t-shirt. How much money did you make off these past box logo shirts? Off the got? crew neck, I made five. Off the first uh, T this year, the Supreme box logo, I made three. And then this one, I could probably make like 253 but I'm keeping it. $50. Congratulations! It's a little, it's a little Christmas present for your boy. I'm like now debating because it's such a cool shirt. It's a cool set. That's what I mean. See, like the hoodies, you're dropping like 200 bucks. So it's like, all right, that's not enough money. Where it's like you can just like kind of throw it away. But like for fifty dollars for a t-shirt, it's a flex. Fifty dollars for a t-shirt is a flex. But it's a lot of money for a t-shirt. True, but I'd rather have that t-shirt over two regular ass t-shirts. Would you rather have this box logo t-shirt or a Kith's t-shirt? Oh, the box logo. Yeah, by far. Worth twice as much. Yeah. And yeah. that is kind of stupid just because based off the value, the, not even the actual retail value, the resale value, but I don't know. It's I think it's more sentimental to me than anything because it's been like since you get into the game, like once you get into the Supreme game, you're like, I just want a box logo. I just want a box logo. And like, I mean, I've been, fl- I've been flipping this God. stuff for the last two, three years. So like, it's just, it's nice to keep one for once. It's a good feeling. It's nice. It's a good feeling. All right, let's let's get get into what you wear. We have some crazy stuff. First off, Ninja. Everyone knows Ninja. Now streaming on Mixer. Hello, Ninja. Uh, The number one Fortnite gamer in the world. He recently signed with Adidas, I want to say about two, three months ago, and his first signature snooze dropping. I don't understand. The guy is in a room, in a chair, where his shoes cannot be shown. That's right, Taylor. But think about that marketability. Yeah, I can see it. It's so well that right now the shoes haven't even dropped yet, and the grade school sizes are selling for more than the adult sizes. Oh, wow. That's how much market demand this guy has. 
What was his conjure? Do you know? Nah, they don't. They, don't, they, nah, they yeah, they usually will undis- They'll leave it undisclosed for non athletes. Didn't he move from? Um, He's on Mixer now. He was on Twitch and, and originally. I heard he got like thirty million dollars from Mixer. Yeah, they so paid him the bag. Right, and then this this deal has to be Upwards easy, that, right? easy. Yeah, oh, definitely. So this is the shoe. It's a re- night jogger uh, model they released last year. Looks very comfy. I haven't tried it on in person, though. Um, oh, it does look pretty comfy. Cool colors. I mean, it says it's Ninja's colors. It's like a navy purple with a little yellow on it. And then on the inside, it says Time In, which is like the, I guess, the name of the colorway. And I believe it also has his like uh, Ninja logo on the inside of the other shoe. I would be honest. Cool looking shoe, right? Cool looking shoe. It almost looks like a... Um like a New Balance style, you know. Yes, the shape of it. 100%. You know, you know, where, like the tongue is where, like the like the um the label up there where you can kind of where you put your thumb. Up yeah, your, yeah, yeah. It almost looks like a New Balance shoe. And I see they're doing a little off white kind of look with the top of the tongue cutting yeah. the uh, top off, leaving the foam exposed. So it looks comfy. They look very comfy. You know, I saw some guy in the city wear the bodegas. Oh, I was freaking out. So nice, bro. That's Dude. on my list. Those are dropped in price. Those are only like two fifty three hundred now. No kidding. Last time I checked, yeah. What were they before? When they, when they, they right when they first shopped, they were like five six hundred bucks. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Those beautiful shoes. But no, those you these look like it a lot. So I'll for freaking sell this T shirt and go buy myself a pair of bodegas, bro. Do it up. Do it up. I just gotta wait for this this price. Exactly. Wait for the price to go up. Like I just got a pair of zebras that I oh that was uh, another pickup I got the the easy zebras hit on those. I'm just gonna flip them. I'm, well, I'm holding them now for the value to go up, and then I'm going to flip them and buy a pair of shoes I want. Like a different pair of shoes. And you got the sandals, too. Oh, yeah. I got those sandals. That was, shout out Sense. If no one knows Sense, S-S-E-N-S-E. It's a Canadian company, but they sell like designer and streetwear stuff. Always have great sales. They're off-white Amazing sandals. sales. Yeah, 47% off all day. I got to look at this website. It's a great website. But uh, these Ninja and Adidas shoes retail 150 for adults and 120 for grade school sizes. The current resale is about two to three hundred dollars, with the grade school going for the same price as adult sneakers, which never happens. Which is wild and just shows that Ninja really markets towards the kids more than anyone else. Very interesting. Next up, we have two New Year. Base shoes. We have the LeBron 7 China Moon, so they're retroing this shoe. It's the LeBron 7. I think LeBron's on the, Jesus, 15, 16, 17 now or something like that. So this is a long time ago. This is the LeBron 7 China Moon. This is my favorite model of LeBron's out there. I know exactly. Maybe besides the threes or the fours. But absolutely beautiful, a nice gold plane. Retailing at $200, available on February 2nd. Has some nice... Uh, Chinese I like lettering on the outside and also along the insole. It's a very clean pair of shoes. I wear these. I'd flex on the court. Yeah, this is a big flex on the court. I like the L script L on the on the uh, back yeah. for LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. So these retailing at two hundred. Current resale is three fifty to five hundred. That's gonna drop to around two fifty to three fifty. Nothing crazy, still some money made cool pair of shoes. And then this is the last pair of shoes we have here. It's the Nike Air Max Tokyo Olympics. They also call it the Chinese New Year, but I don't know why they call it the Chinese New Year if Tokyo's in Japan. You know what I'm saying? But also, they they haven't. This is just like leaked stuff I have that's not announced yet. Oh, the official name. So that's why they're kind of trying to figure it out. But what do you think, Taylor? Classic Chinese New Year colors of red, gold, black, and white. I've never been a huge fan of the Air Max. I had a I had a pair. I think I've talked about before. I had a plain white and black pair. Okay, I wore it a little bit. I just, I'm not a huge fan of the Air Maxes. 
I don't know why. I guess it's just okay. Like, I guess the, the shape or the, the shape and like the and the lift on the bottom. I guess. Yeah, it looks like a heel almost. Honestly, yeah. with the amount that comes up. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but doesn't like the um, Pharrell shoes have like a New, a New Year's Day one? I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are sick. Those are beautiful. I saw some kid wear them the other day, actually, right when I was going off the subway. Yeah, no, I I like those a lot. Those are Chinese. Those are last year's Adidas Chinese New Year shoes. Beautiful. I like those a lot. So Tokyo Olympics, uh, retail at 150, the Air Max 90s. They're going to resell two to 300 bucks. Yeah. It's nice money there. Um, just a little uh, heads up for next pod. We're going to be bringing back, looking for a bookie. We're going to bring it back in 2020. I really want a bookie, but I want to test myself before I dive into that world. Um, probably do three picks per pod. Going to make them all different sports so we can get a little well-rounded. Currently, in 2019, I am one for two on legal bets. Hey. 500. It's Hall of Fame in the baseball, baby. Um, so, I don't know. Looking for a bookie. We're going to bring it back. And then uh, maybe I'll actually get myself a bookie. Hopefully, New York can step up and legalize gambling, sports gambling. Yeah, let's pick up the pace here. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out how to work looking bookie. I just think everyone could... Uh, should know so either I'll pick the games or you can pick what games and make me pick so it's random and makes it even harder. All right, cool. We'll figure it out. Let's move in. Top performer. This is probably one of the best top performers we've had in a of long 2019. time. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think big I, time. I think we can announce it and say this is the best one. Sold. I'm gonna make a video on this guy too. Oh, okay. I'm going to eventually. Probably when the, when the seasons. Remember after this last video I'm gonna put up the top yep. sports moments decade. This guy's gonna be up there. Okay. Jameis Winston. Has been a pretty lops like either very bad or very very good. Yes, this season he finished the season over five thousand yards, leading the NFL in passing, thirty touchdown passes and thirty picks, which he's the first quarterback in NFL history to have thirty thirty, and he is the twelfth quarterback in NFL history to have thirty picks in the season. He also got the pick, the thirtieth pick off and made it he threw the pick and it would turn into a pick six to end the game in overtime in overtime you can't make this shit up and he's like look if I can just fix all these turnovers I'll be the best in the game that's true if you really think about it <laughs> imagine he just he limited to like 15 interceptions going for thir- like 33 15 5,000 yards bro he would have more than 30 he would have like a 45 touchdown yeah, pass. Any, any team would take that Anybody now? There's there's like the rumor mills, like saying like, hey, like this guy. Are, are the Bucks going to take him next year? Keep him. We'll see. We'll see. I would say keep him. Are you kidding me? Definitely, especially Bruce Arians over there. He's a big quarterback coach. I think guy. he had like five, six straight games with a pick on the first drive. Oh, geez, it's amazing. Honestly, it all. Uh... It's full circle. He started his career, first career pass with an interception, and or his rookie deal. Started his rookie deal with a pick, ends his rookie deal with a pick. We'll see what will happen. It's going to be funny. I mean, this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. You, I've never seen anything like this. This is the best pop performer we've ever had. Even we started doing top performer on the radio together. Yeah. This is the best one. Easily. Easily the best one. We've had guys have four home runs in games. J.D. Martinez. <laughs> you know, we've had guys throw no hitters. This is the best one. Shout out James Winston. Shout out James Winston. Keep doing you. Former. We got a who's bands. Yeah. This is not good. Again. Antonio Brown. So earlier. We haven't talked about him enough this year. Yeah, honestly. Uh, earlier yesterday, he tweeted, out of nowhere, Boo Boo Schuster was ready under 500. You bum. Learn some respect. 
Why is Antonio Brown still going at Juju? Because there's nothing else better to do. How many yards did he have this season? I think he had like 52. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest here. I, retwe- I retweeted, quote tweeted, and I wrote, at least Juju's still getting game checks. Th- that's facts. It's facts. Antonio Brown is still butthurt. He's on the he's not on the Steelers anymore. He's butthurt that the Raiders cut him. He's butthurt that the Patriots cut him. And guy's in a legal legal suit. Get off the internet. You haven't learned. Why is he doing? Did you hold on? Did you see the music video he's doing? No. Oh my god! It's about like the twenty. No, no, like no white women twenty twenty. He's making a music video. There's video like behind the scenes stuff. No on way. Yes, it's unbelievable. And there's like like. Six or seven gorgeous, big-breasted, big-butt women in the background of his videos. <laughs> it's hilarious. That makes sense why it's his pinned tweet. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, so maybe but, but instead what, of the NFL, he's going to go into the rap game. I, 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 just stop. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to understand this. It's like, why does he still have to go at him? You know, the fact... What was even worse is when, when he, like... Released the DM from Juju when Juju was in college. Yeah, saying like, "Hey, what can I do better to get like to get to like you to like, to be like you?" Exactly. It's like, dude, the guy is like looked up to you, and then you become teammates, and then you have to like ruin his his like the private like, the private conversation. Yep, it's horrible. What a douche. And also, it's like, how many are like I don't I don't like is he has he had the workout with the Saints. Yep, it doesn't. Look like he's going to be getting signed by them, and it's like, see, like he say, like he does. Will he, is he ready? Is he game ready? Not it's, 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 real, it's, re, it's real. I'm like actually being serious. Like he did play this year, but he hasn't played in months. In months. But will he? Like if he got signed to tomorrow, tomorrow, would he be ready in oh, two weeks? I would assume so because he's an elite athlete. But like NFC Championship, I have no clue what he's been doing over like Marshall Lynch. Marshall Lynch just walked onto the field yeah, and, and yeah. played f- four quarters. If he can, then Antonio Brown should be able to. Right, but this is uh, this week's who's man's. man's. All right, so we got a bench player of the week to end that out. We had a lot of candidates on this one. Many candidates, some football, but. We're going with our first non-football, I believe. We're going basketball here. Going basketball. We're going Dennis Schroeder, point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. This past week, they played three games against the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Hornets. He murdered it. He killed it. Off the bench, twenty-four average 24 points, four assists, and 3.3 rebounds on 47% shooting. Uh, Oklahoma City is a team that's stacked with point guards. They traded for Chris Paul. They traded for Shai Gilgis Alexander. So that just pushed Schroeder off the bench. He on, on any other team, I don't think he would be coming off the bench. I think he'd be a starter. I mean, he, and he's played. I mean, as a starter, he's played pretty well in his career. Not not too bad. But this is, I mean, he could be looking at six man of the year here. Definitely, I think he's definitely in that conversation with like Spencer Din- Dinwiddie, Bogdan Bogdanovich, all those guys. I'm just trying Williams to see if they won. They went two and one in this past week stretch, so not too bad, not too bad. But this is our bench player of the week, first NBA bench player of the week. That's right. We'll get a nice graphic yep. of them coming up, and uh, I think that's the pod, Taylor. Yeah, we're gonna be doing some more hijinks. Maybe do some, uh, you know, burner accounts for next year. I mean, coming up with the, the breaking news we've heard. That's right. I've, I'm, uh, yeah. With the Jets reporter. I'm going to be working on one. 
So because it can't be like if it happened if I did it right now and made one for the person that we were talking about. Yeah. Like it, you, you know, you gotta have it over like a month or two, just building up. up. So there's there's some uh, there's history. Yeah, and this whole Jets reporter that made oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about it because it just started ta- just started unfolding. So once in the next couple of days after the new year, we hear some more information. That'll be one of our top stories. Hysterical. But um, anything else to wrap up for uh, end of 2019 for this episode? No, I'm excited for 2020 to start. It's gonna be a hell of a year. Yeah, I'm excited. I got nothing else to say. So, um, Oklahoma and Ohio State suck. Let's hope for next year. <laughs> Go LSU. <laughs> Go LSU. And um, everyone have a safe New Year. Everyone had a good holiday season. We'll catch you guys in 2020 for more End of the Bench. Peace.